Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus, your Father, talking to believers, your Father already knows your needs. When we go back to the book of Matthew, Matthew 5 through 7, it's basically a whole passage. It's one of Jesus' greatest teachings, Sermon on the Mount. And when he starts that sermon out, he's always pointing this out. Believers, Christ followers, are to think different and then be different. One of the challenges of being in the world but not of the world is that we get so saturated with the world's way of thinking that we get off track with what God says about living here. Pastor Mark will bring this topic up and remind us through Jesus' teachings in Luke 12 that because we're now redeemed people, we need to think like that. Jesus will be reminding us that because we now belong to God, that we need to allow God to control our lives. Pastor Mark will be teaching us about our need to think like a believer so that we will act like believers in Jesus Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, God's Solution to Worry. Everyone in here has worries, but people don't know it because it's in the mind. Now, it affects us. You'll see that later. So Jesus is just basically saying, be careful. Now, watch how he summarizes his statements. Verse 26, since you cannot do this very little thing, an inch, an hour, why do you worry about the rest of the things you're doing? Because the problem is the same thing. Worry solves nothing and accomplishes nothing. If I say to you, Mayo Clinic, you're familiar with that. Dr. Charles Mayo, who is one of those doctors who helped found the Mayo Clinic, here's his quote. Worry affects the circulation, heart, glands, the whole nervous system and profoundly affects our health. I've never known anyone who died of overwork, but I know of many people who died of worry. You can worry yourself to death, but you can never worry yourself into a long life. Here's what I want you to write. We're not reminded of this often enough. Worry negative affects us Spiritually, emotionally, and physically. That's the whole being. Body, soul, and spirit. Not positive. Negative. 
But the Mayo Corporation never really came up with this truth. The Bible has it. Proverbs 12, 25. An anxious heart, a worried heart, weighs a man down. That's why Jesus says, don't worry. And then he goes, in verse 27, to another, not animals, but now it's the green things of life. Consider how the wild flowers grow. Now, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of them. 28. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, two words I'm going to ask you to circle in your Bible, they're key words. The field, which is here today, and circle it tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little, circle it, faith? So Jesus says this, the same creator that created the animals, the plants were actually created before the animals. That same creator he gets them soil, he gives them rain, he gives them sun, he provides for them. That creator, he loves you and I more than them, and of course he's going to provide for us. We're worth more because we were created, we're spirit beings, we were created in the image of God. Here's God's worry solution number two, write it down. First, I have to understand and obey God's commands. Number two, trust God's promises. In both of those illustrations about the animals that he created and here the grasses and so forth, he says, you're more valuable to them. If I provided for them, I will guarantee you I will provide for you. That's the promise that comes from tomorrow. Now, that key word that I ask you to circle is tomorrow. You know what much of our worry is about? It's tomorrow. What if now here's what happens when we worry about tomorrow what happens to today i'm not enjoying today because i'm worried about tomorrow remember there's a psalm that says this this is a day the lord has made please worry about tomorrow is that what the scripture says No, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad. Say it with me. Today. But we don't realize it. Somebody wrote something fantastic. I'll read it to you. Worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Wow. How brilliant. You see, what can I do about yesterday's troubles? One thing I can do is learn from it. Can I go back and change yesterday? No, I cannot. Now, why am I worrying about tomorrow? Tomorrow might not even come. So here I have today, the only day I'm promised, and it's gone. Because I'm either living in the past or worried about the future. Now, when you think about wasting that, Jesus says something pretty strange. It's not encouraging to us. Look at the last part of verse 28. You of, little, say it with me, you of little faith. Little faith. What does he mean? Jesus says over and over in the scriptures, all over, Old Testament, New Testament, God says, do 
not worry. When we disobey his commands, i.e. worry, it's because we don't believe his promises. Now, when I mention the word sin to you, lots of things come to our mind. I don't even need to go through them. They're all through the scripture. Ten commandments, lots of different things. He that knows to do right doesn't do it. Sin. Lots of definitions for sin. But this one will surprise you. Here it is. Worry is defined as a sin. Because it's caused by our lack of trust and faith. You know, when Jesus said, do not worry, he starts his teaching, do not worry. He's not like suggestion number one. No, this is a command. It's a command. So worry is actually a sin. It's, we know God can take care of us. But in my mind, I'm questioning, will he? I know God can do anything, but will he really provide for me? So if I have little faith, there's going to be lots of worry. If I have lots of faith, there's very little worry. See, because it's all in the mind. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, where can I, where can I get faith? How can I believe in the promises of God? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So here's what you want to write. This is how it works. We increase our faith by reading, not just reading, and believing God's word. You can't just read it. I have to fight and believe it. I can't see it. But I know God's promises are true to us. We struggle with that because the enemy comes just like he did with Eve in the garden. Has God really said Causing us to doubt God's word. So when we get out there and things aren't happening and I'm starting to worry, Satan says, you know, has God really said he'll take care of you? No, he's not right now. And here I go. So I have to be in the word. I have to believe God's word. And as I do that, my faith will continue to increase. Lots of faith, not so much worry. Just believe in God's goodness and stop worrying. Believe God can supply your needs and my needs and stop worrying. Then these next verses I have in the New Living Translation, I have them for you because I like the way it reads. Here it goes. Luke 12, 29. And don't be concerned, he means overly concerned, about what you eat, what to eat, and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. Verse 30 is a key. These things, worrying about stuff on the earth. Everything is about the stuff on the earth. It's not about heaven. It's not about eternity. It's all here. These things, notice, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. All unbelievers focus on stuff here, focus on their need all over the world. But your father, different Jesus says, your father, talking to believers, your father already knows your needs. When we go back to the book of Matthew, Matthew 5 through 7, it's basically a whole passage. It's one of Jesus' greatest teachings, Sermon on the Mount. And when he starts that sermon out, he's always pointing this out. Believers, Christ followers, are to think different and then be different. 
We're not better than unbelievers. We were all unbelievers. But we're to think, and what we think, we become. So his whole premise is, you can't think like an unbeliever, because then you're going to live like an unbeliever. So he starts right here. He says, unbelievers all over the world, they don't have a relationship with God. They don't know God personally. Because they don't know God personally, they don't study the word of God. And because they don't study the word of God, they don't know the promises of God. So, of course, they're going to worry because it's all about them. You'll see in every one of my solutions this morning, it starts with God's solution. See, life is not about you. It is not about me. It's all about God and our relationship together. So Jesus is saying the same thing. He says, now, the world is going to try because they don't have a relationship with God. They're going to trust for themselves. There's no part of God in their life. They're going to go all over the world. They're going to be busy all the time. Business, what do I do here? Do I do this? Do I do that? Oh, I see AT joined another company. 80 billion, they just bought them yesterday. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? Should I get a new car? Should the kids go over there like this? How do we provide for this? What about the school? Whatever. And it's nothing about eternity or God. Some of you here this morning are trying to do life alone. You're discovering it doesn't work. Because you were never designed to do life alone. When God created Adam and Eve, he didn't say, see ya. No, he gave them commands. You can only do life with God. And we'll give you an opportunity to do that. You see, what you see here is the frustration of man trying to do what God said, I'll already provide for you. Why worry about it? Now, here's a great illustration. I think Adrian Rogers, I can't remember. I found it many years ago. I love it. Say it with me this morning, no-brainer. Everybody, no-brainer. Come on, let's do it again. No-brainer, good. Now, watch this. Here's the statement. Which would you rather have, a warehouse filled with bread or a dad who owns a bakery? I'll give you a moment to see if your brain works. How many will pick option one? I'm waiting for a hand. No, it's a no-brainer. I told you, gave you the clue already. Of course, you're going to pick the second one. Now, think about this, this illustration. Here's the children of Israel, Old Testament. Because they lack faith, they didn't go into the promised land. And God says, okay, 40 years you're going to wander in the wilderness. And all of you that complained and griped about my leadership, you'll die. You'll never get to the promised land. But I'm going to be gracious to you. I promise to provide your need. So God said to the children of Israel back on year one, I have a warehouse. It's on the corner over here. It's filled with bread. Have a nice time for the next 40 years. One warehouse? With three to four million people? How long does that go last? About one day. Is that what God said? No, God said this. I have a bakery. And if you go out six days out of seven, you'll find baked goods on the ground. It's called manna. How long did God do that? Six days a week out of seven. How long did he provide for them? Four oh years. That's my God. That's your God this morning. No problem for him. No problem for me. No problem for your worries. You know, when they went out in the morning, well, will God provide for me? They're near 35. Will God provide for you, dummy? 
The last 34 years, he's provided for you. Can I challenge you and say to us this morning, dummies, has God ever failed you? Never. Not once. And yet, what do we do? Here's a little thumb gun. There's a little wart right here. Can you see the wart? No, because I don't worry. Some of you have a wart. It's called a worry wart. <laughs> Look at your neighbor's finger right now. See if they have one. Raise your hand if they have them next year. We'll pray for them right now in this sanctuary. No, you see, understand how, how stupid we can be. A worry wart? Come on. Now, Jesus says this. He already knows what you need this morning. Food, shelter, money, healing, job, miracle. Some of you are single. You're looking for a husband and wife. My wife are gonna, and I are going to celebrate next week or two weeks from now. Our 50th anniversary. Let me talk to you after the service if you're looking for a spouse. <clears throat> All right, let me move on. I mean that in a positive way. What are you laughing about? 50 years, baby. Terrific. All right, now. <laughs> Somebody told Pastor TJ in the first service, we've been married 53 years until we got Balmer beat by crazy. That's okay. Hey, anything over one year is a miracle in the United States today. <laughs> Amen. All right, now. Look at verse 31. Since God is going to provide for me, what should my mentality be? Jesus just goes on. Remember, he says, don't be like an unbeliever. God's going to be, he knows exactly how to provide for you. So, so what? Here it is. So seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he, read it together out loud. He will give you everything you want. Because Mark, I want that oil well. No, he'll give us everything we, say it, we need. Do you think God knows what's good for you and what isn't good for you? Yes, he does. If he gave us everything we wanted, we would get rid of God. And a lot of people treat God like that. Well, God, I need this right here, whatever. You're so good. See you next time I need something. No, that's not the way it works. We are to seek his kingdom first, which simply means here's God's third worry solution. Know God's character. You see, by obeying this command and putting God first, everything else, Matthew 6, 33, everything else will be added to us. That which we need. Uh, notice the amazing promise from God. He's a generous character. He, he, he's got a characteristic of giving. God so loved the world, he gave. He's not a stingy God. Don't let people tell you he's a stingy God. He is not a stingy God. He's a generous God. And he loves to bless us. But we have to understand, we know his character. He gives us everything we need. He also says, don't worry, because he's all-knowing. He knows what I need and when I need it. That's the frustration. When? Is it going to happen? God knows it. So if I put God first, that means I want his will in my life first. That's what you want. A kingdom is where a king rules. If I'm a Christian, he's my king. He rules my life. Not like a robot, because I have to submit to that. But he knows best. We've all discovered that his will is better than any will you could have. 
So here's what I want you to write this morning. Making God's will a priority in my life, seek him first, it defeats worry. Which is an amazing thing. God, I want what you want. I'm worried about this situation, but I know you can handle it. So I'm going to go with your will. Now next, interesting. He's talking to his disciples and 10,000 people. But look what he says. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Now, some of you are here and you could not call God your father. Oh, he's your creator, but you're not a son and daughter of God. So your problem is you're trying to do life alone and provide for yourself. You, you want to have God as your father. Know his character. He loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. And at the end of the service, we'll give you an opportunity to quit doing life alone. And no, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Whatever you need to do life He promises. Now, that illustration is an interesting illustration because through the Bible, there's lots of, well, applications, analogies. Here's the big one. In the Bible, people are sheep. And you know that a sheep, well, I just have to say it kindly, uh, sheep are stupid. (laughs) Don't say that to your neighbor. I'm just saying that's true. They, They can't fend for themselves. Can you imagine the word Rambo sheep? It doesn't work. They can't. They need a what? Tell me. They need a shepherd. Hello. And who is the shepherd? God. Jesus is a picture of the shepherd in the New Testament. My my sheep hear my voice. They know me and they follow me. See, we're followers. We're not leaders. We don't lead our own life. And so Jesus turns to these people and he basically says to them, You need a shepherd. I'm reminding you that a shepherd cares for his sheep. Now, a sheep doesn't worry at all. Because of why? The shepherd takes care of them. I want you to see this picture. We were When we were in Israel this year, we we drove by a section, and I noticed, so I asked him to stop the bus. Here's a shepherd. He's taking care of the sheep. Now, this is alongside of a road. If the shepherd isn't there, there's lamb chops for dinner for somebody. Because they're going to walk out on the stupid road and try to cross it. No, there's a shepherd there. Now, if you look at those sheep and you watch them for a while, are they worried? No, because they trust their shepherd. It's not that they just trust their shepherd. They trust the character of their shepherd. He leads them. And at night, when he puts them in the pen, he lays in front of the pen to protect them. Pastor Mark made a great point today. Man was never made to live this life apart from God's guidance and help. What we see around us and sometimes in us is people frustrated because they fail at what they weren't created to do. God has been so generous to not leave us to our own devices, but instead gave us the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time, we'll be listening to the last part of this sermon. Pastor Mark will continue in Luke 12, teaching what Jesus had to say about worry. We will discover that God refers to us as sheep, Jesus as the great shepherd. Pastor Mark will help us understand the security that comes from this relationship and the earthly counterparts that are available to us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is giving